0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Glenbrook Gals, a Life Goes On podcast where we talk about every episode of the television series Life Goes On, one by one, spoiler free. I'm Brittany. And I'm Kaylin. And today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 4, Break a Leg, Mom. This episode first aired Sunday, October 8th, 1989. It was written by Michael Braverman and directed by Rick Rosenthal. The synopsis per TV guide is Tony winner Patti Lapone, in an episode about Corky's fears that he is the reason why his mom gave up a career on stage. So, as
1: always, Kaylin, did you like this episode? I did. I don't... It wasn't my favorite so far because Becca's not in it as much, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was still good. Yeah, I I'm
0: kind of the same way. It wasn't my favorite because it wasn't as lighthearted as some of the other episodes, but I think it was an extremely important episode. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I I like it for that reason. But we'll dive right into the episode. We open on someone running the dog shit out of a driver's ed car. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Understandably, the teacher is upset and kicks him out of the car. And then the kid... Doesn't the kid have the gall
1: to say, well, did I pass? Yeah. He's like, no. Buddy, no.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> no way. Read the room. <laughs> Corky's up next. The teacher seems a little hesitant at first, but he's ready and willing once he sees that Corky has passed the written part of the test. He says he has to be better than the last kid, which, true. But we find out it's it's not true. <laughs> I did like this, though, that you could see that the teacher wasn't really discriminatory. It was yeah. more that he I think he was more concerned. And as soon as he saw that he passed the written test, he was like, well, come on in.
1: Yeah, I think he wanted to make sure he had his, like, boxes checked. Right. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, that is not the case. Corky gets in the car. The teacher tells him to open the passenger side door, and when he leans over to open the door, he accidentally knocks the car into gear. He tries to hit the brake, slams down on the gas pedal, just takes off across the parking lot. The teacher's running after him, and at one point he gets in front of the car, and all I'm thinking is, why would you do that? You're not going to stop the car
1: with your hands. I know. You're just going to die or get hurt.
0: It made me so nervous the entire time. But he swerves around the parking lot and ends up crashing into a dumpster. I feel so bad for him. I mean, it's bad enough to fail your driving test, but to do something like that in front of a bunch of your peers.
1: Well, and I didn't understand, was this his actual test or was this just, like, practice? Because he said that he had never driven before, and I was just thinking, like, if this is a test, you should Like, why didn't your parents let you practice first?
0: Yeah, I don't think it was, like, the test to get your driver's license. I think it's like any other class. You know, you have, like, quizzes or whatever throughout. Yeah. I'm assuming that's more what it is. It was more like an obstacle course that they had to drive through, and you have to pass that checkpoint to get to the next and so on. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Well, he did not pass. No, he did. He definitely
0: (laughs) did not after credits, we arrive at the Thatcher household, where Libby is gardening, and Paige and Drew are
1: washing cars. And Becca's having, like, a facial.
0: Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Paige is lecturing Drew about his water usage. She says... I I understand what she says, but she says water doesn't grow on
1: trees. Like, I... <laughs> that just... It was what? a weird line. I don't <laughs> that's, understand. That's, yeah, that's a strange... Like you're right but I don't know pick some, pick a different word right. to use there. It was just it came
0: off really awkward. <laughs> the entire time this was happening, I have a whole tangent here in my notes that I'm not going <laughs> to read all of it, but this entire scene all I was doing was trying to figure out what kind of cars they all drove. <laughs> <laughs> because they all look like 70s models, which makes sense. This is 89. They're supposed to be a quote-unquote struggling family of five, and plus Arnold. Right. So they don't have brand new cars. But yeah, I just kept... It's like, is that a Dodge? What is that? Is that a Pontiac?
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> so Tyler pulls in with Corky. Corky is visibly upset because of the accident, and everyone starts freaking out once they find out and i do understand it but he's obviously fine he he's walking on his own (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's he's alive (laughs) it's fine they kind of treat him like the baby of the family i really think that that gets to him it's like yeah i think becca is his little sister and yet he's treated the way that he is like the baby becca this is where becca comes out and she's covered in this like dark green beauty mask. She's got these pink curlers in her hair that everyone used it this time. I mean, I remember using these when I was little (laughs) and she is horrified to see Tyler. She grabs this floppy gardening hat and puts it on her head. Like that helps the situation at all.
1: (laughs) I was just like, why didn't she go back inside? Like she stood there and had a whole conversation with Tyler and looks embarrassed. Like, completely embarrassed the entire time, but stayed out there. Sometimes you just gotta lean into it, (laughs) Kaylin. Maybe- I'm all for hiding in shame.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she just thought, you know what, he's already seen me, I'm just gonna- I'm gonna act like it doesn't bother me. (laughs) But he asks her about the family tree project, she- that's what she came out for, she's pissed off because nobody's helping her with this assignment. Libby says that she will help with the assignment after she's done gardening. Uh, They invite Tyler to stay for dinner. He declines after being visibly smitten with Paige. I really liked him fumbling over his words. There was like a good six-second silence of him looking between Paige and Becca. And Becca notices and is pissed about it. When he says, no, I think I'll just go home, she says, wise choice. (laughs) Libby is helping Becca with her family tree assignment inside, and we find out that she used to be big into theater. She was in the theater industry. She went by the name Libby Dean. Corky is really upset because everybody else seems to know about this part of her life except for him. And that's basically what he says. You know, they're like, well, it's no big secret. He says, well, then why does everybody else know and I don't? Which, that's a fair question.
1: Can I just say that I hate family tree projects as a concept in school. (laughs) I just think that, like, and I understand that for this episode, it was a necessary plot device to bring out the singing thing. Right. But, like, there are kids who are adopted or in foster care who, like, this is just, like, triggering for them. Right. And Um, I do think that this was more
0: of a project that, how do I put it? This assignment was handed out more back then than what it is now we've kind of come to understand that there are situations where it could do more damage than good for kids for me like i'm not adopted or anything but i can't go that far back because back in the olden days like my great-grandma her dad wasn't her dad my grandpa's father died really young and so they don't really know anything about his family i mean how far back can yeah. you go so it's just a weird assignment anyway i agree we get this flashback oh my god this flashback <laughs> of how libby and drew met mm. they're at this peace rally she's singing she's singing really well someone bumps into drew and they're, like, talking, and he says, hey, do you mind? And it blows up into this fist fight. and the irony that this happens at a peace rally is not lost on Libby or, I think, anybody <laughs> who is watching this episode. That was the first thing that came to my mind is, dude, you are at a peace, peace rally starting a <laughs> fist fight. She comes down to break it up, and he asks her to dinner, and I just find it really hard to believe that Libby went for that, but... If that's what they want to go with,
1: I'll have to believe it. It was just a very odd scene. And it's funny because in shows that I watch now, when you have, like, a flashback of the parents, it's, like, in the 80s or 90s. (laughs) Right. But the show is in that time period, so, like, the flashback was back to the 60s, so it was just like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And like put it in the timeline again for me. It's a little jarring. And then
0: I have a note that says that I am so glad that there wasn't the opportunity for easy recording when I was younger. Because I would cringe hearing all of the <laughs> 90s and early 2000s slang that came out of my mouth. Like the way that they are saying, hey man, you dig? Or like I know all of that. I mean, it's true to the time. But it just... It sounds ridiculous in 1989, so I can imagine what my 90s slang sounds like today. <laughs> there are other reasons. I'm glad I didn't have recording technology, but we'll just leave it at that. We cut to the school. We see that Corky is struggling with math, and I mean same brother. I don't, I'm not good at math. <laughs> He's taking a test, and when he gets it back, he didn't get one answer right. This scene is just really, it's kind of difficult for me to watch because you know from the past episodes that not everything comes easy to Corky, but it's kind of difficult to watch him struggle in this way when Mm -hmm. he's trying so hard. Also, Corky got a haircut since last episode.
1: How did I not even notice that?
0: I don't know. I said in the last (gasps) episode how much I liked his hair, and then in this episode, it's cut. And it, it still looks good. I just like the shaggy hair more. He goes outside where Libby is waiting, and his teacher tells Libby that he's struggling. I kind of like this teacher because you can tell that she's used to working with kids that struggle, Mm -hmm. unlike some of the other teachers that we've
1: seen thus far. Yeah, she sounds like, it seems like she's the one in charge of his IEP, and she also happens to teach this math class. Right. So she has, like, both
0: so she comes out and she's like, he's doing really well in these areas. He's just struggling in math. And I liked that mm-hmm. she led with that instead of just, hey, he's, fa- he's failing math.
1: Also, they said arithmetic like <laughs> 30 times in two minutes. <laughs> I don't
0: know if that was like a thing, because I remember really young having
1: to learn how to spell arithmetic. Yeah, I think if I said the word arithmetic to my students, they would have no clue what I was talking about.
0: There was like um I can't remember, my cousin had to teach it's like a rat in Tom's house eats Tom's ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know it's something like that. That is not how you spell arithmetic, but there's like <laughs> a a little what is it called? Mnemonic
1: device. Might eat Tom's ice cream. May eat yeah, maybe. I'm like, I need to figure this out. Oh, rip.
0: (laughs) While this conversation is taking place, Corky goes to the back of the car to fume. This is exactly how I used to stand when I was pissed off as a teenager. (laughs) He's, like, crossing his arms,
1: leaning back, just disassociating. You just can't help but feel bad for him, because you know he's trying, and it's not at all that he's not trying. Right. And I mean, we find out later on, but this isn't just about the math
0: test. He he didn't pass the driver's test. Then he didn't pass the math test. And he's just got a lot going on. The teacher's trying to get Corky to join a tutoring session that she hosts. He doesn't want to go because he's still upset about driver's ed. This conversation actually happens. I miss. They, so Libby and Corky drove home and this is where they're having this conversation because he verbalizes his feelings about the theater thing and that, you know, he failed driver's ed and all of that. And Libby tells him that everybody has accidents. He asks her if she had an accident. When she replies, no, he says, yes, you did me.
1: So sad. It
0: really is, and you can tell by the look on her face. Patty Lapone does a really good, like nonverbal acting in this episode throughout. But in this scene, she is horrified by this comment, and then it just fades to black. And I know it's to set up suspense, but to me. This is another part that's really unrealistic to me. You are not telling me that Libby didn't have a conversation right then and there with him. Right. To make him feel better. We're only four episodes in, but I already know her enough to know that there's, yeah, no way she's going to let that go. Right. So we cut to later in the kitchen. It looks as though Libby has cracked like 18 eggs into a huge bowl and is still cracking them. (laughs) what is she doing with all of those eggs i have no idea because everybody it looks as though everybody is getting ready to leave (laughs) she's just cracking eggs (laughs) she's cracking (laughs) eggs uh yeah i i cannot figure out for the life of me i feel like this is just like the the director's advice to her was just here's a carton of eggs just crack away
1: yeah just just look make it look like you're busy in the kitchen (laughs) yeah some eggs uh, Paige comes in
0: and starts lecturing her about cholesterol. <laughs> Becca's complaining about something. I can't, I couldn't even, it's just, it's Becca. Yeah, I miss Something's it. going yeah. on. <laughs> Drew can't find his bowling shirt. And the only one who is listening to Libby is Arnold. She's like talking to herself back and forth. And he's sitting in the doorway staring at her like, mm-hmm, I hear you. <laughs> Page's date arrives, and it's a young Greg Kinnear. I don't know if you recognized him.
1: No, but oh my god, I wanted to punch him.
0: Yeah,
1: he—he's uh, not a real winner. We'll get to that. He looks at. Yeah, he like walks in, and like one of the first things he says is that he looks at Becca and is like, "Oh, you're a real page in training," like hitting on the little minor sister, I was very uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is 13 years old. And then she says, I would die first. <laughs> <laughs> Paige comes downstairs two seconds after going up in a robe and is now completely <laughs> ready. Okay. I think Becca points that out, too. She does. It reminds me of um, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Tabula Rosso, when Willow goes upstairs and just steps back down and is completely dressed. Like, apparently Paige yes. does does witchcraft now. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Becca's line here is, how does she do it? Two minutes ago, she looked like an oil spill. <laughs> <laughs> And I seriously have already lost count of how many times in this episode Becca has said that she will die.
1: Yes, because she's about to say it again because <laughs> um <laughs> Paige like is kissing everybody by and she like leans towards Becca and Becca just looks at her and says, Kiss me and die. Yeah. She
0: <laughs> The <laughs> drama. Everyone but Corky and Libby have now left. And Libby comes to check on him in his bedroom. He tells her that he tried to join the drama club, but he couldn't because of his grades. So again, it's just another thing piled on top of this insecurity that he's already feeling. He asks her about all the things that he thinks he will never do, like drive and get married. Those things she says that she doesn't know. When he says that he's never going to have kids, she's honest with him and says that he can't. That the doctor says that that's not a possibility for him and he asks her if she liked to sing on stage she explains how much she loved it and he says that she quit because of him and then he asks her if she ever wishes he wasn't born right and she says never and embraces him i guess that this is what i'm getting at is obviously even since the conversation in the car, he has internalized this. He's been dealing with this. And I just don't feel like she would have waited till this moment to have this conversation with him. Like, even yeah. she's talking about, you know, the being on stage and everything. And she tells him, it's not because of him. There was a lot going on. She was newly married. They had just taken in Paige. Then she was pregnant with him. Like, this is life. Sometimes... Those things happen, and you just... There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I just really didn't feel like this was a a sugarcoating type of situation. She is being genuine with him. Yeah, I think so, too. So, yeah, we cut to later in the evening. Turns out Greg Kinnear is still a creep. (laughs) To me, even Harley guy was better in the last episode than
1: him. Yeah, this guy, he was very, like, aggressive. Like, when do I get to see you again? And I don't know, he said something else. And I was just like, you're...
0: (gasps) Right. (gasps) Like, the Harley guy was short. Like, he said some misogynistic things, but he wasn't predatory. This guy really feels like, had she not shut the door in his face, he was just gonna keep pushing.
1: Yeah, I was worried that he was just gonna, like, show up back at the house later. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Paige is
0: loud, getting into the bedroom. It wakes Becca and causes a huge fight. Yeah, Becca's over it. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way that she, like, spins around in bed. Paige says, if she had the money to move out, she would. And Becca says, remind me to start a fundraiser. (laughs) (laughs) The fight wakes up Libby. She goes to check on Corky, and this is when we get another flashback of the day that Corky was born. I hated this scene so much. Oh, and Not it's because it was terrible. done poorly, just the content of it. And the fact that I know, I know that stuff like this actually happened. Ugh, oh, it's so bad. Basically, the doctor tells them to put Corky in an institution, and Libby refuses.
1: He doesn't even want Libby to hold him. She, he, He's just like... Because she's just like, I want to see my baby. And he's like, just put him in an institution.
0: Yeah, it's just going to make it harder for you to do what needs to be done. This is her child. Yeah. Also, uh, Bill Smitrovich does a really good job in this scene, too. Because Libby's kind of, it's almost like she's checked out. She's not crying or anything like that. I honestly think she's more angry than anything at this point. Mm -hmm. But Drew is in anguish.
1: Well, and if you think about it. I mean, I don't know for sure, but back then, were they able to test for Downs before you had the baby, or was this a surprise?
0: I'm not positive about it, but it was obviously a surprise to them. So Yeah, that's w- what I thought. Whether it was possible, I don't think that they did it, or they thought that the risk was low enough that they, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this stuff really did happen with doctors saying that kids were going to be a burden and everything else. I I have a book that is about the ridges in Athens, which is mm-hmm. it's a, a it was a mental institution. And the things that they used to put people in there for, like epilepsy, they put them in there for epilepsy because, well, what are we going to do with these people? And it's just sad. Yeah. I mean, obviously not Every person who has Down syndrome is as high functioning as Corky is, but there's no reason to just assume that, well, let's just put him in an institution. Like you have no basis for that right now.
1: Yeah. But I
0: do love that the scene ends with present day Libby staring down at her son saying over my dead body. I mean, she, she never thought about doing this to him. We're at the tutoring session. Corky storms out because the room is full of children, and I completely understand this. I mean, the guy is 18 years old. Walking into that had to be frustrating.
1: Yeah, and they're not, like, tiny kids, but they're, like, at least, like, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Like, they're not even close to his age.
0: Right. The teacher is explaining to Libby that Corky doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere because he's so high-functioning that he doesn't fit in with the special needs classes, but is struggling in regular classes. As he storms off, he finds auditions for some type of show and somehow convinces Libby to audition by saying that he will go to the tutoring class if she auditions for this show. She goes home and is immediately combing through songbooks. This, I, I'm sorry, this cracked me up because, like, now we just Google this. Yes. <laughs> and she had, like, stacks <laughs> of these songbooks that she needed Drew says he's excited for everyone to see her perform, and she says that she does not want the family there. She wants to audition in front of the directors and strangers. Cut to the family sitting (laughs) watching her audition. Yeah, I was like, so much for that. (laughs) Uh, While she's waiting, these three older women who play guitar are up, and I tried to look them up and get the name of this trio I couldn't figure it out, but they are in so many shows around this time period. I remember specifically there's an episode of the Facts of Life where they're in it. Hmm. Libby sings and is amazing. Obviously, it's Patti LaPone. The auditioners are not paying attention to anything and she unloads on them. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, Welp, Libby,
1: you tell her. <laughs> yeah,
0: and honestly, like when she starts out, she sounds good. But as she gets angry, she gets better. She ends up storming out. The woman chases after her because she recognizes her as Libby Dean when she gets pissed. And she tells her that she wants her in the play. She hesitates, but the kids all convince her to do it.
1: It still felt like so... I would still be so pissed. Like, they weren't bothering to listen to her, and her voice wasn't good enough to listen to. But as soon as she remembered who she is, then oh. Yeah. I'll take you, since I know who you are.
0: Right. Yeah, I do think that the only reason that she takes it is because her kids are there like, please do it, mom, mm-hmm. you have to do it. And she thinks she doesn't want to let her kids down. We get a glimpse of rehearsals and it is a wreck. What even is this show? I don't know. I mean, I'm not like a <laughs> so huge bad. theater buff, so I don't recognize like the songs or, and stuff like that. But it was definitely entertaining for me to watch. I would not want to be in that show. But I I enjoyed watching it. But yeah, I mean, people are literally swinging from ropes. The only good part about this show is Libby. (laughs) And then the set almost crushes her. Yeah, very conveniently falls right around her. (laughs) Yeah. She looks stunning despite the makeup and costume. I just, I don't know how she makes it work. Like, this, I don't even think that this is a time period thing. The dress is, like, black and over the top. The makeup is as well. But I mean, she looks good in it, so good for her. Becca is selling tickets to the show, and she's trying to convince Tyler to buy some. She succeeds. Corky runs up and tries to sell him one. He tells him, you're too late. Becca just sold me one, walks off, and then Becca tells Corky that he has lousy timing. <laughs> we are in the classroom watching kids struggle with math. Corky is called to the board, and he figures out this math problem, and we are all proud of him in that moment. He's He's proud of himself.
1: I have something to say about this math thing. So I taught that standard, like teaching multi-digit multiplication for two years. And I thought it was so interesting that they didn't put a zero on the second line. They just left a space. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But that would make it so much harder for my kids to do it without that zero because they won't line things up correctly
0: yeah see we did it both ways i remember huh. doing it both ways
1: that's interesting yeah i think everyone uses puts a zero now
0: i think so too i mean even in college we we did that yeah i was just like what <laughs> i think this is what encourages him to get into the driver's ed car outside and to try that again you know he was struggling with math and he got a win in that so he felt like he just needed to try this again too
1: Yeah, I wrote, but he just got into a car without a teacher or adult. I don't think that's how this works.
0: (laughs) No, and then that's actually brought up (gasps) later on by Drew. Like, how did he get into the car? Where was the teacher? Why were
1: the keys left in the car? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it obviously does not go well. He sits there before he starts even doing anything, though. He sits there and, like, revs the engine for, like, a couple minutes and it's like that is not necessary you're not about to like street race this car man no and
0: <laughs> a lot of people do that but this car <laughs> is like i don't know a teeny tiny nissan or the equivalent he wrecks the car again and this time he gets a concussion the the ambulance comes to take care of him Paige is there and it cracks me up that every man that Paige interacts with in this show wants to date her I know. I mean, she, the, she is a pretty woman. I'm not saying that, but they lay it on thick with this. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's like at this point, she's just a cleaner cut version of Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> We're back at the house. Corky has a bandage on his head. He's down. Libby says that she's not going to the show because she wants to be with Corky. She's worried about him. At this point, like, I understand this more than the earlier one. He legitimately has a concussion. He is really upset because he feels like he's ruined her dreams again and he wants to hear her sing. And she explains that she used to love performing on a stage, but that her family is the most important thing to her now. And honestly, having seen the audition, or not the audition, the rehearsals, I mean, she doesn't want to (laughs) go.
1: Yeah. She's like, this is a mess. She does not seem upset about it. And Becca's like, but you're the lead. And she says, that's why God created understudies. (laughs) Right? (laughs)
0: So she performs for him. The episode ends with her playing the piano and singing to him. And it's really beautiful. You can never go wrong with the wind beneath my wings. (laughs) The whole family comes in to watch, which, duh, I would come running too. If like my mom is sitting at the piano singing and she sounds like Patti LaPone. I also love that this is another, it's, it's not a dream sequence, But her playing and, you know, the spotlight hits her and then she stands and all of that. I really feel like we're supposed to be seeing this through Corky's eyes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this could not happen in real life. This is him seeing his mom for the star that she is that he's never seen before. He loves her. Yes, he does. I also love Libby breaking down at the end and hugging Corky and mouthing, I love you behind his head he he can't see her he can't hear it but she means it with her heart and soul yeah so that's the episode it's a pretty uh quick fast-paced episode but it's packed with a lot of emotion um what was your favorite part probably that terrible rehearsal yeah (laughs) my favorite part was libby talking to herself in the kitchen the back and forth just because I related mm. way too much to that. I even, I put that on Twitter and we'll get to that because we had some follower comments. Yeah. But that scene cracked me up and you can't go wrong with putting Arnold in a scene. So no, <laughs> <laughs> that that's probably my favorite. Okay, Reed, what was your favorite part of the episode? Becca's <coughs> face mask. The green face mask? You thought that was funny? Yes. Yeah, so I I mentioned that we had some follower comments. Kaylin, do you want to read through those for us?
1: Yeah. All right, so we said, um, we feel you, Corky. What was the class that you struggled with the most in school? And Dante O'Toole said, math. Elizabeth Hall said, Spanish. My accent yep. sounded just like Speedy Gonzales. <laughs> <laughs> And Kelly McKinney said, math and gym, with a little, like, emoji that's lifting some
0: weights. (laughs) Jim, you know, I remember one year we were supposed to do the mile run, and I was out that day, as was my best friend. And so we had to make it up, and it was just the two of us. The gym teacher was like, just... Go down to the track and do your mile and time it and come back and tell me. Because, you know, she had a whole class to teach. She couldn't stand down there with us. Just go
1: sit for 10 minutes and then come back. (laughs) That's
0: basically what we did. We went down there and we did, like, walk one lap. And then we were like, okay, it's been, like, 12 minutes. So (laughs) we're just going to say that's how long it took us. and And that's what we did. Why would they think you wouldn't do that? I don't know. I mean, I wasn't bad in gym, but I, was n- I, I still don't understand running for fun. I, I don't judge <laughs> people who do that, but that is not fun for me, so I wasn't doing
1: that. Um, we also posted, we are taking a poll. Did Drivers Ed exist when you were in school, and did you pass on the first attempt? Angela Bowen said yes the week after I finished my freshman year of high school I was back for driver's ed I had a friend at the time taking it with me so it made it more fun I took my road test the following spring and passed on the first attempt I was so happy and Elizabeth Hall said not through our school but yes I passed by some miracle (laughs) (laughs) and I've been in the car with her and it is sometimes (laughs) some miracle yeah I
0: I agree (laughs) But yeah, the the first comment I really agree with, when you're 16 years old and you get like just that taste of freedom, you don't have to have your parents take you everywhere. You don't have to ask them if they have time to take, well, this is aging me, but to take you to the
1: mall or the arcade or anything like that, you get to take yourself. Yeah, I didn't have, I got my license after I graduated high school, so I didn't really like experience that until... I started, like, coming home from college on breaks, but it was so nice to just kind of be able to be like, okay, bye, Mom. Right. See you later. And just do whatever I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Then we posted. As a mother, I relate more to this scene than I care to admit. I talk to myself way too much. And this is the kitchen scene that you were talking about right. earlier. Andrus Hair Clay said this was a hilarious scene. <laughs> I agree. And then yeah last one it said this mother's Day we would like to show our appreciation for Libby, the matriarch of the Thatcher family. Here's to you, Libby, and Andres Herr Clay said Patty was awesome as Libby. I just wish she appreciated the role more than she does. Libby was a role model, yeah,
0: yeah, and I agree with that. I think that Patty Lapone liked the role as Libby, and she took it seriously. I mean, you can tell in the acting, obviously that mm-hmm. she took the role seriously, but she just doesn't look back on that with fond memories because she, I think it was more the directors, the writers, she, you know, she was a theater actress and all of a sudden mm-hmm. she's on a television series and it's kind of like night and day. And I listened to an interview with her where she spoke about how at, during this time period, when when the show first started, you kind of had those theater chops behind the scenes and then slowly that started getting transitioned out and it wasn't theater anymore. They weren't taking that theater knowledge and putting it into television. It was just television. And so yeah. she had to adjust to that and she didn't like that adjustment. So I, I don't know that it's so much the role that she doesn't look back on with fondness or it's the, the experience of the show as a whole. I mean, I guess that yeah, that's, that makes sense. It's kind of ambiguous the way that she spoke about it in that one mm-hmm. interview that I heard. She could have said something in a different interview that I don't know anything about, but <laughs> that's just kind of how I took it in that interview. So,
1: yeah. I agree. So, speaking of Patty Lapone, she right now is in a show on Broadway called Company. And did you hear about this? What happened a couple of days ago? I'm not sure. So... It's like, she's like on Broadway in New York, I'm pretty sure. And they're required to um, show a vaccination card and wear masks. And um, after the show, the cast came back out for like a, I don't know if it was like a Q&A or what exactly, but they came back out after and someone in the front row or towards the front wasn't wearing their mask correctly and Patty went off and told them if they don't follow the rules to get the f*** out. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it turned into this whole fight, and she's like, just put your mask over your nose or leave. I mean, listen, whether or not you are for or
0: against masks, if you come into an establishment that says that that it's required, then you have to do that.
1: Right. Like, if you don't want to wear a mask where it's optional then don't wear a mask but if you go watch a show at a place where they've told you it's required then why fight it and that's basically what she was saying she was like you knew the rules Mm -hmm. you want to be here you need to follow them but um the director i guess got some like pushback and she's gotten some pushback from that but the director was like no i stand with patty she was right i mean same. I just
0: like if I go someplace when I'm going in if they tell me like for instance you go to a concert and they say no flash photography or no no recording devices in a movie theater or anything like that you don't do that because it's an established rule.
1: Yeah like why
0: is it different
1: with this thing?
0: Yeah that just doesn't make any sense. I, I agree. If you went in and you you made an agreement that you were going to follow the rules and then you weren't following the rules. I'm sorry that you got embarrassed because the star called you out. But uh, yeah, so are we ready to go back in time? Yeah. All right. So people in the U.S. are no longer obsessed with that Millie Vanilli song that we have had to bring up oh. the last three episodes. <laughs> they are now listening to Miss You Much by Janet Jackson, which is a song near and dear to my heart. crimes and misdemeanors directed by woody allen was one of the most viewed movies released in 1989 i have some opinions on woody allen but back then nobody knew so whatever (laughs) we're just gonna breeze right past that (laughs) a woman named jackie by c david Heyman was the best-selling book and mlb american league championship oakland athletics beat the Toronto Blue Jays four games to one. All right. So that is the episode. I'm what so excited about next week. It is one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. You don't know mm-hmm. cuz you're watching it as we're recording. <laughs> like right. This is all Yeah, f- I'm
1: like, "Oh." It's
0: all fresh <laughs> to you, but this next episode, it 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 you'll love it. It is a Becca-centric episode. Perfect. I adore her. Yes. It is Season 1, Episode 5, Becca's First Love. Oh, boy. So, we hope that you'll be back next time. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Remember, listeners, if you want to interact with us or have your comments read on the show, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at glenbrookgals. Or you can email us directly at glenbrookgalspod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the episodes, please tell a friend and rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.